Fuck intros. Yeah. Those are for babies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Start out. Jesse Diaz from Denver, Colorado. Uh, AKA Double Dare. Double Dare. Thank you, Brendo. Big shouts, Brendo. Yep. Big shout, Rosemont. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was born in Denver, and then I moved to Mexico for a little while as a kid. Um, back and forth from there. Grew up in Denver. Um, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Come from my mom and dad met at Casa Bonita. Fuck yeah. My dad was uh, off tour from Julio Iglesias. He was yeah. touring with, with Julio Iglesias, and my mom was saving money for you know whatever she was getting into for school. Yeah. And my mom needed help with Spanish work. And my dad was a mariachi. They yeah. got hired to like see for seasonal work for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Pretty white girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously that, you know, that's how it happened. And like my family's always been in like restaurants and business and mm-hmm. music. And I think I've always been interested in hair since I was young, you know, like, running around looking like Freddie Mercury drawing fake mustaches yeah. and wearing tight white jeans all the time. <laughs> like I've always been interested in it and I, you know, like I delved in it and messed with it in college and like, you yeah. know, for beer money or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And then I just started bartending and I was, yeah. I was bored with, you know, whatever I was doing. And then actually Ryan, uh, from Dark Rose, oh, yeah. um, was the guy who like pushed me in the direction of barbering. It's so funny because Ryan's pushed so many people like Kirk and, I'm sure there's more, like Doug probably, Danny. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, Ryan's had like a pretty big influence of like taking clients and friends and being like, why don't you just cut hair, dude? Yeah, it was just, it was funny because I was super burned out. I was visiting from Seattle. Yeah. And my friend Seth, who cuts hair down in, down in Seattle, he was like, you should be a barber, dude. You should cut hair if you want to like get out of the bar industry and stuff yeah. like that, you know, and. I mean, like, I just couldn't make the decision at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, I was just too deep in the bar world and I was just busy doing my stuff that I thought yeah. was important at the time. And so I said, fuck it, I don't, I don't want that. I'm not going to do it. And yeah. then I came home and my brother was like, there's this badass barbershop you need to check out. This dude is really good. You should check it out. It's Brad. So we went there and Ryan was my barber. And nice. he, like, kind of had this kind of same conversation that we're sitting here with because he's cutting my hair. Yeah. And he was like, so you're sick of the bar, huh? I'm like, yep. And he's like, you should cut hair, man. Just give it a whirl. He's like, you kind of look like a barber already. Like, you should just try it. Yeah. And I ended up going to Emily Griffith like two weeks later. They need to give him like a royalty for how many people he sent. To for, <laughs> for real, man. It I know. Crazy. Like, what did we just say? Four off the top of our head. Uh, yeah. So it was, you know, like, and not like that opportunity met me with you and with everybody from Proper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it kind of just pushed me into it. And, you know, I mean, as far as like my history goes, I worked at Floyd's like everybody. Mm-hmm. Like after barber school, yeah. I worked at Floyd's and it was, you know, it was fine. But you, well, you were apprenticing at Proper too, right? Yeah. I was apprenticing there and bartending full time and going to school full time. Shit. And so, you know, like with everything with Proper, you know, obviously that all came to an end. Yeah. And, you know, so like my, like, obviously, well, that was funny because the, 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 the other conversation after going into barber school was with you when I was going to start working there. And you were like, do you want quality or do you want just fast money? And I was like, I think I want quality. <laughs> oh, when you were going to work at Floyd's? When I was gonna, when I was gonna, it was like oh. the, the transitionary period between like Floyd's proper and working at Gold Standard. Well, yeah, because well, didn't Jordan say, um, I thought, you know, he did it with everybody where he like, you just watched him cut hair, but yeah. he didn't explain shit. He yeah. just kept saying to each their own merit. Yeah. And it was just like, it's just worthless. So I think like you weren't improving as much as he wanted you to, but you weren't really getting any education. Right. And I, from and correct me if I'm wrong, that's when he's like, I think you need to like work at Floyd's and just get some reps and then yeah. come back. And yeah. Is that originally kind of why you went to Floyd's? Yeah, I mean, like I, I just like at that at that point, I was like, well, my mentor doesn't even fucking believe in me. Like you know, like yeah. just the manager, the way that it was done was just it was handled poorly. Oh, and like, I don't, I don't, I don't hold any grudges about it. I do, fuck it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, like you can't help but feel like a little useless when like you get told that yeah. in front of like a class or like a barbershop full of your peers yeah. and like other clients who've never even like had you touch their head. You know, which is like I said, shit happens and it just makes you tougher, but it makes you want yeah. stuff a little more. You know, and so when I transitioned from there. I went to gold standard and it was great, man. Like I had a good time there. And I think that at that point, like I'd had like issues with the people who I'd worked with that were in charge there. Mm-hmm. And then I started to have issues with other people at this new job. Mm-hmm. And I quickly, like, I don't feel like I was 
necessarily like good enough of a barber to be entitled to feel a certain way, but I knew that I worked hard enough to where I was justified in feeling like very like yeah. pushed to the side or just like left over to the corner, like being like, well, you know, tough shit, dude, like here's what you got. Yeah. So like, I think through like those situations that like really kind of like, instead of like being like, fuck this, fuck barbering and fuck all these people that are like bad people and they're like, you know, like yeah. hindering other people from growing. I was like, that's not what I want. Yeah. But I have a shitload of people that are behind me that really believe in me and are like willing to like stand up. You know, like that was like when we had that core crew when it was like Tina, Whitney, Nick, yeah. um, like the whole basically like the like Izzy, Hill crew, Brooke, Izzy, yeah. Izzy, Brooke, like <laughs> who else was there? It was just like, it was like, pretty much all of them, right? At that was, point. It was like everybody that gave a shit about barbering that I knew about, yeah. but they were also really good people. Yeah. So like with like that big handful of like things that like I really thought were like kind of rotten at the point. I had all of these really good people that were like, dude, this is how you do this. Yeah. And this is how people, this is how you treat a client, this is how you treat your coworkers. Yeah. And so I think that like, that was like a big jump off point with that core group of people where like, I started like being like, I think that like, maybe I kind of want to start doing that, you know? Yeah. And then when we were working at Rosemont, it was like the amalgamation of like education and like being with friends, but also taking a career like really serious. Mm -hmm. And not, and not just being like, well, we're fucking dirtbag barbers and we're covered in fucking tattoos, you know? Like, I think, like, I saw, like, the level playing field where, like, the level of respect and, like, dignity and, like, what you do had, like, been, like, achieved and people actually, like, give a shit about what you do and not in the sense of, like, how, like, how cool you dress or whatever. But, like, I felt like I saw a lot of patterns in people that I respected a lot that were, like, coexisting wavelengths that were moving together. And I was mm -hmm. like, dude, that is what I want. Yeah. I want the like grittiness of being who I am because I'll never, it'll never change. Yeah. I've always been a dirty bartender that fucking went to, was in hardcore bands. And yeah. Like ran with punk crews and like, that's a fucking corny way to put it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just love dirt balls in general, you know, yeah. but like I love the craft of barbering because it's so like, it's so for you and you're, you're yeah. only, it's like something that like I hold closely to me now because I only do it that way. Yeah. And I might be inspired by other people, but it was like started to become more of something where you take pride in what you do. And it's not just slanging like a nice bald fade. Yeah. It's like being like that fucking uh, shaving cream was pretty tight. Huh? <laughs> right. And like, I bet that, 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 that hold like major pomp, like showing somebody how to like blow dry their hair and like yeah. achieve a pompadour when they have limp hair is like a really cool thing. So I started like drawing from like, you know, all the things I was seeing at Rosemont, things I like the gold standard and like the people that I really liked. And then that's kind of how everything, like I started thinking of stuff and I never even was expecting to open a shop yeah. as quickly as it did because there were so many loose ends on things that I was just standing there like, this is an idea floating in my head. Yeah. But you know, like talking with Nick, big shouts, Nick Kurtz, um, <laughs> we just had like, he's one of my favorite people, obviously in mm -hmm. the world, you know? So like I take everything that he says in regard and I feel, I feel that he does the same to me, you know? So mm -hmm. like, we started like juggling all these ideas and then Leah, my girlfriend, big shots, Leah, <laughs> um, we started talking about opening businesses and we were obviously yeah. working at Rosemont. And so when she started doing that, I started like, you know, like kind of like getting a little like curious and yeah. like looking at stuff. And so I started looking at, you know, like product and places, but it was still like, I had nothing on the table Yeah. and we ended up, she wrote out the business plan for her uh, legal, legal assistance uh, and her yoga and her yoga company. Mm -hmm. And she's like, dude, I found out that I, we can put a HELOC on a condo. And I was like, sweet. You know, like, so we like, we had that. And then I ended up talking with someone from the bank. It was like, Hey, Colorado enterprise fund helps starting startup businesses. Also big. If anybody's trying to like open something and needs like startup capital with very little things like they helped us out with that too. Hmm. And so they hooked us up with loans and they found loans through SBAs and all this yeah. stuff. So they ended up coming through with all that stuff and we just had to put all the pieces together. Yeah. And so when we like put all the little blocks together, they're like, here's your money. And it was like, holy shit, are you serious? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're good. And that's like how everything happened so fast. Like the, you know, the confusion with being like talking to you and like finding out when the days were and everything like, it all happened so fast, but I think that like that's kind of how my barber career started. Was like, it's so funny that like we had totally opposite experiences time wise opening things. Yeah, like mine, Rosemont took like three fucking years. Yeah, I was still a proper when I was planning it. I was getting architectural drawings. I was getting 
like floor plan layouts. I was getting, I was in the space. I was like, it was insane. And I remember me and Izzy were smoking cigars and hanging out in hammocks at Sloan's Lake. And I think that's when you had just either announced or like told somebody that you were going to gold standard. Yeah. And did you and Nick like start the exact same time or was Nick there like a minute before? No, because Nick was doing really well at proper. And I yeah. I had I had taken so Nick started cutting hair. He got a jump start on me because I dropped yeah, yeah. out for a little while and then I came back. Yeah. So he was doing really well at proper. Yeah. But then, you know, like I said, not to bring up, you know, the sleeping dog or whatever, proper happened. Yeah. And he was really unhappy there. Yeah. It was just the situation. And luckily there was a spot that opened up there. Scott was going to California. And the spot oh, yeah. opened up, and Nick, Nick ended up taking that spot for him, and so he joined. I think maybe like four or five months after I started working there. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I remember I was, I was so bummed because I was like, fuck. Because originally I was gonna like, I was gonna ask, well, I did ask, I think, like Whitney. Um, eventually, I asked Brooke. I was gonna ask you and Nick, but I didn't want to. Nick knew because Nick, Whitney, and Izzy all toured. We were going to be in, like, across from Huckleberry, that tiny-ass, like, a dude, little like, strip right there. Dude, it's, like, yeah. 250 square feet. We were building, yeah. like, four barber chairs. Like, how the fuck? So, no but, of course, health code was, like, no way. You can't be, like, that close to, like, food and bath. It's no barrier. And then I was, like, well, what if we did, like, half? It, it just didn't work. So, um, yeah, they were all in and then just kept being delayed and this and that. And then we ended up talking to the people at Free Market. And it was just, yeah, it just took so fucking long. And it's funny you guys it was like it popped up and happened so fast and mine took so fucking long to the point where like any people that i thought i was going to start with originally like izzy's the only one like yeah. you know whitney went on to do her own thing i think she went back to bc and again and then nick went to gold standard and i was like really trying to get it open so but he's like dude i gotta leave proper and i gotta land on my feet somewhere and it was like okay, well, I don't want to be, I, like, I really want, I don't want to get settled down, and I was hoping you, and then you guys settled down at uh, Gold Standard, and everything was going really well, and yeah. I was really happy, but I was like, fuck, man, I really want this to work. Yeah. So then it was just, like, crazy, and then um, I hit up Aaron, and um, I think, from what he says, the Dyson was the, uh, the only reason he fucking said yes. <laughs> And then we talked about how I met Brendan earlier um, through hockey, which was like the most random fucking story. But um, yeah, it was just, it was, it just took so long. Well, I think the thing that, that sucked about ours is like our construction wasn't as bad as, as you guys True. was. Yeah, because we were like, they were rebuilding that building. You know what I mean? Whereas you guys sound like, kind of came with like a blank kind of what they call white box. Yeah. So it seemed like a little easier. Well, that was the first place. So, so we weren't even supposed to be at the location at Broadway. Like when we got everything to go through, we've been waiting on our, on our, like a broke, technically a broker or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. whoever yeah, like yeah. was the liaison for like signing the lease and stuff. And this dude had just like pumped us up at this place. It was a spot that was owned by Denver general off of sixth and Broadway that had like three story covered parking. Like, you know, it was a long sixth yeah. Avenue right there on the corner of sixth and Broadway, which, you know, like arguably there's like pros and cons to, yeah. but like, we also were like getting a really tremendously big deal on it. Yeah. Like they were going to give us like a huge, they were going to basically what they call like a, 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 a like an eggshell or a vanilla yeah. shell or whatever, thin candy shell of what some sorts. And they were like, hey, we're going to give you a hundred thousand dollars to redo your whole place, like floors, everything. Jeez. So we were super pumped. Yeah. And then the dude that was in charge of our deal, He's like, all right, cool, man. He's like, they reviewed everything, and we're just waiting on them to give it a go, and just fell off the face of the earth. Didn't hear anything from him for like three months. So we have all of these people with like our loan papers yeah. and need like our address to like secure the loan and like put it into our account. Yeah. And this guy's just nowhere to be seen. Yeah. So Christmas Eve, I was fucking pissed. Yeah. Or not Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. I was fucking pissed because I talked to him that day. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, there's nothing. No, nothing. Because we had like we had like search areas in like East Colfax, yeah. but I was like, you know, like we need to be still like it's like BC's down there, and like all those other yeah. places, and like all our homies like barbershops were like there. I'm like gonna be like knocking on their fucking door. Yeah, and this dude just like gave up. He's like, there's nothing. Well, what do you say about the one that he had secured? He's just like, oh, he's like, he's like, uh, that is just not gonna work out. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, he's like, well, you guys need to have a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars down payment to lease the place. And I was like, who? 
has a hundred thousand dollars just laying around in an account. I mean, in Denver, it's a fucking lot of people, but not us. But not us. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say like uh, I'm just like keeping it to my bubble. Yeah. But like, I was like, dude, I can come up with X amount, which is yeah. over a half. Yeah. But like, that's all that you can like do. Like, that's like pushing it. Yeah. So he just gave up. And that morning I called Nick and I was like, dude, this fucking guy just like, yeah. basically just jumped ship. Yeah. I was like, meet me at, you know, Corvus and yeah. let's just like go to places. So I found two places and we went and looked at those and they were both available. And then this guy emailed me from coming back from the last, from our last place. And he's like, hey, what's up? I'm, uh, I'm at, uh, South, South Florida and Broadway, the the property. Do you guys want to check it out? I'm like, yeah. And he, so we showed up, and it's massive, and it had like walls, like separated walls, yeah. and like you know, like it looked like anthropology kind of <laughs> the big like fucking yeah. glass walls hanging, like separating cubicles and shit. And I told Nick, I was like, dude, we can't afford this place. Like, we should just go now. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, for real, I'm like, dude, it's fucking look at it. And the guy is just like a guy that's lived there for you know. His whole family's lived there for hundred, like almost a hundred years. Yeah, like, he's owned that like whole block, and he was super sweet and like gave us like it's like it's not incredible, but it was affordable. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so like that was like that was our big hurdle was that was was just doing that, and then like when we stripped everything out, we're like, what the hell did we do? <laughs> well, that was like my big, and it's still a huge anxiety of mine if I ever do another project. Is especially even outside of Denver, it's like all of the permits, all the building shit, all of that stuff. I was in a situation where like free market and like their architect handled a lot of the permitting and like yeah. that just dealing with the city. Yeah. So like I really haven't had to deal with the city other than like, you know, just typical licenses, but like sure. I never had to go down and get building permits or get like, and it's a, it's a historical building. Right. So it's like, they're yeah. super strict on how things have to be. And I just, I didn't really have to deal with it. And like anyone that does, I'm just like, how the fuck did you deal with that? Cause like, it yeah. just seems terrifying. Like it seems impossible Yeah. because everyone bitches about it. I'm just like, it freaks me the fuck out. So. Well, it's just like one of those small things can just throw everything off. Really. Well, I think it's like people don't understand like how much goes into everything. Like, you know what I mean? And it always ends up falling on you. You have barbers that are like, need to work with you guys. And you know, they're like, when's the shop opening? And you're like, you know, well, my broker's not responding to me, but they don't give a fuck. And then well, it's like, and then is it the broker or is it that property? And you don't even know who it is. And there's like five chains of command until it gets back to you. But then everyone's looking at you like it's your fault and you're delayed. But you're like, I'm not delayed or delaying it. Right. Other people are delaying me. Right. But like nobody gives a shit. So it all, it just, it always just falls on you. And you look like the, the you know, the idiot with your dick in your hand. Yeah. When it's like, there's nothing physically you can do. No. If you could just drive down to someone, shake them and just like strangle them and be like, get it fucking done. Yeah. You would. But that's just not how this works. And so professional bullet biters <laughs> dude seriously <laughs> there's no crying in fucking barbering voice only behind closed doors <laughs> i was gonna say there's actually a lot of crying in barbering oh, there's a dude. lot of grown babies dude i'm telling you like i've cried up straight probably like two or three times oh yeah like 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 not like not like i'm so sad like it's just been like why my body's happening my body is giving out on me <laughs> it's like a single jesse tear just dude, like tough guy tear it was dude it was like straight up and i was like <laughs> Yeah. Well, don't, you tell, about, don't you tell anybody, baby. <laughs> we were talking about it earlier, but I, I and just having like that breakdown moment. I had one before we opened and I was just I remember it very vividly and I remember it just like I had that same like breakdown. I was like, how the fuck am I gonna do this? Like I I feel like it's already failed, it hasn't even started. But then I had all the confidence in the world too, just because I know I would never let something fail. Right, but it, I don't know. It was just people. Well, that was I was, I was like, I, I'm gonna let them down, and they're not gonna have any place to work, and it's gonna be horrible. And like, oh. <laughs> everyone's everyone's like dinner is on the line, right? It's like yeah. it's up to you to like facilitate that, and it's if I don't know, it's like you panic. There's one someone has an open, you know, open spot in their schedule, and you're immediately like, I'm terrible at this. I yeah. thought, what am I doing wrong? Failing. You know, but I think too, I don't know. We've been lucky in Denver where there's a lot of people that move here and there's been a lot of support and more than enough you know clients and guests go around but it's kind of been I don't know, it's like other places i've worked especially in chicago it's like yeah you get your own fucking clients like go out there and hustle yeah like the shop might not bring them into you or they'll only bring in so much like you have to network you have to go out there and get some yeah and i mean breno's a great person to talk to because when he was with sassoon and having get models and stuff he was like fucking insane the amount of stuff 
that he had to do and just like just very humbly just go beg people to come in and be models for his program and this and that and like yeah. I feel like Denver's been spoiled in that regard so sometimes barbers are spoiled and they're like yeah. you know they kind of get mad at the shop if there's like a slow day or if it's building a clientele or whatever it is instead of just like immediately being like oh this is on me like I have to do this you uh-huh. know yeah it's like what do you that's that is barbering that's hairdressing that's like that is this industry yeah like yeah, your shop hopefully brings a, the, the name of the brand, whatever, brings in people, location. Yeah. Like, at some point, dude, it's got to be on the okay. practitioner a little bit, you know? I think I think in Denver, too, though, dude, like, with, with the way the clientele, clientele is easy to get. Mm-hmm. It just has to be the right way. Like, if, yeah. you, if you take care of people or, like, you put in that effort, like, there's been days, like, seriously, where, like, I've been, like, dead and I'll, like, go to the weed store. Yeah. I'll be talking to this guy. Like, there's this guy at the weed store that, that's, like, Hey man, like he's you know, kind of like you know he's just like hey dude, what's up? Like he just like does he's never really gone to a barbershop or anything. Yeah, and he's like I cut my own hair, and I uh, you know like I have a hard time getting the back of my neck. Yeah, you know, and, and it's like oh man, that's the hardest part of the haircut. Yeah, and he's like yeah, well we, he's like he's like I tried to do it, we fix it, and I was like yeah for sure, dude. So he showed up and it was like you know it's kind of a bit wonky, like it just was hard to like. Yeah. It was one of those ones where it's like, dude, I get what you're having a hard time with your haircuts of number two all over, but you can't yeah. get it straight. And dude, like, it was, it's just one of those things where you're like, you go out of your way to be like, yeah, come on in. And I gave him a card and he just showed up one day. Oh, he nice. Booked an appointment and he booked the full haircut. And he's like, I just want you to do the back, but I'll pay you for it. And I was like, dude, just sit down real quick. I'm on the end of my day. Yeah. Booked my last appointment. And it was just one of those things of like putting yourself out there. Cause at first I didn't want to say anything to him. Cause it was, you know, you're like, yeah. Oh, this guy like fucked his haircut up. And like, how, like, how's he going to fix this? Like yeah. what's going to happen? And then, and then he came in and like two other dudes that he knew were like, Hey man, you know, so-and-so from, from, yeah. uh, from good chem. They said that you hooked him up. Cause I just did it for free. I was like, dude, I'm not going to charge you 40 bucks to fix yeah. your, your, your taper, dude. Yeah. Just like tell somebody about it. I, was like, I gave him a couple cards. And dudes came in, and it's the same with all the guys that have, like, like you were saying, like, Brenda does, like, just, like, humbly hand out cards. Yeah. And, like, one of the guys that had no clientele, like, he's, like, you know, at least four or five haircuts, and he's two months in. Yeah. And he works five, six days a week. Yeah. And it's just, like, that consistency of, like, putting yourself out there and being, like, nah, dude, it's cool. Like, if you give if you give a little bit of yourself, I feel like it just, like. Comes back people, around. People, people are, like, well, he was willing to go out of his way. Like, yeah. you know, like, he's willing to, like, say what's up. Like, there's people that walk by and they, like, put their head up, like, hey, who cuts your hair? That's a great haircut. Yeah. Well, I just moved here from Chicago. It was the last one. You guys, you guys got an Instagram? Like, just, like, shit, yeah. like, ooh. Like, you're like, ooh, I don't know if this is going to be weird, but your haircut's nice. What's going on? You know? Yeah. And then all those people usually come back. So I think it is, like, when you put yourself out there and you're, like, good to people. Yeah. Like, they'll put up with, like, be like, oh, a lot of my clients drive, like, half hour to 45 minutes to come get a haircut. Yeah. And it's just always been those things like today, like when I went to do that guy's hair, I was like, yeah, I'll do that for you, dude. And now like, he comes to me for everything. Yeah. Like throw me a hundred bucks here and there for like, you know, just being like, hey, comb my hair for my wedding. All right. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. I think I've always been like, I don't know, trying. I'm not very good at putting myself out there and like talking to strangers. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I'm not fucking good at it. And I, yeah. <laughs> I think by the age of 33, I've realized that like, I'm not good at it. I'm not going to be good at it. And I just don't really give a shit. And there's like other places I can put my energy that I am better at. Yeah. And so I've always kind of been like, but I mean, of course if it comes up, right. Yeah. Like, we were absolutely. out at this event the other night and some dude, luckily like one of our other friends who I haven't seen in a while was like talking about, I don't know how he, how, how he, he didn't need to ask about the shop or something like that. Sure. His friend's like, oh, what do you do? He's like, oh, I don't know, a barber shop, I'm a barber. And he's like, oh, where are you? And then he started talking about like where he's been going and wasn't that thrilled. And I was like, yeah, it's come in. But like, and then of course, Holly handed him a card because I'm a horrible business owner. Just kidding. I have one card in my wallet and it's these new cards and they're beautiful. Um, shout out to Jason. They're fucking awesome. And I went to go grab it and Holly's like already on it because she knows I usually never do. And I was like, the one time I have one. Yeah. Like, she, gave me, like, yeah she, she gave me like one of my cards from like when we first opened that or total shit. But uh, yeah, and it was, I I'm I like to just like kind of give them the basic info and let them do the legwork. But like, I've talked about this with the guys too. It's like, even if you're booked for the day and like someone does a walk-in, right? And they're like, hey, do you have time for a walk-in? Or do you guys take walk-ins or anything like that? Yeah. It's, the, what grinds my gears the most is just to be like, oh, we're booked today. Dude, you can easily let, like, you can let them down easy. You can be like, hey, um, and it's the same thing in retail. It's like, hey, I like this shirt. Do you have it in large? And they're like, no. you, like you know you don't have it, but uh-huh. you're going to be like, 
let me check the bag for you. Yeah. That's like what I was trained to do. It's just like, even if you know you don't have it, you just sold the last one 20 minutes ago, you know for a fact. You just go in the back room and you just sit there and maybe you let out a fart and then you come back out. Yeah. And you're like, unfortunately, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, we're sold yeah. out at the moment. Um, but we're gonna wait. Like, you, you just need to make them feel like you want them in. It's mm-hmm. just like now isn't gonna work out. Yeah. And so I always trying to think of like our verbiage outside of like in the moment. I'm always like, wait, what do I say? To get in that like yeah. tunnel vision, like yeah. handle the situation quickly. Yeah. Um, but I usually just do that. I'm like, um, you know, last I looked, we didn't have any availability left for the day. Sure. But let me see if anything's changed. Yeah. And then I. Even if I know it's booked, I just looked at it. I'll go like look at the iPad. Like, unfortunately, uh, everything's sold out for the day. We'd love to have you in. Um, we do all the booking online, worldsmybarbershop.com, and just like handle card. Show them where the what you know the website is on the card. Not that it's that hard to find. Um, and then tell them about like the waitlist option that Squire has and stuff yeah. like that. And like, as long as you like, you know, and people will come in and try to book an appointment in shop, which we don't do because we just do all the prepaid through Squire, and that's kind of. A, they're like, well, you have this like reception desk now, so why don't you just do it? Yeah. Instead of like explaining all that, it's so much easier to just be like, um, you know, we'll have you do it. But there's been times where like Sean or I just like sit down and like they're using their phone to book it, but we're just like there if they need help, especially older guys, because sometimes yeah. technology boomers and the what what are they called the septuagintarians or whatever? <laughs> they, like if you're in your seventies or some shit. Well, so we'll like ask them if they need any help, and sometimes they're like, you know, why didn't you put a credit card? Right. Like, this is why. Oh, how's this work? Is it charge me now? I'm charge you thirty minutes, forty minutes before the appointment time. You need to cancel. Is how you do it. So we just like walk them through it. I think they're just like, yeah, very appreciative of that. Even though it seems to a lot of people how we do things is very weird, but it's just so much more efficient for us and the clients yeah. in the long run. But just to your point earlier, I think it's just like as long as you try to help somebody get in and you show that you want them in mm-hmm. without seeming desperate, right? Yeah. So I felt like most of the power in their hands. I'm like, you're gonna do this, but I'm here to help. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, do come check us out, man. We're the sticky shop ever. It's like yeah. that shit's so tacky to me, dude. It's like let the fucking shop speak for itself. Yeah. And like, there's so many your website, Instagram. There's so many tools now that like. You don't have to fucking really do anything. Yeah. You kind of just like, here's a portfolio. You know, like just if it's not your vibe, it's, that's totally chill. Yeah. You know, but I think like my my big thing with that is like, and and I think that we've been able to handle it better. But I, like my I think my my worst fear and the thing that I hate to happen to me is like to be made feel to feel stupid. Yeah. And so like I try to approach like that kind of stuff because we do all of all our booking online as well. Yeah. Um, but we do have heavy foot traffic and we do have barbers that don't have books that, you know, I want them to be able to yeah. take those. those. So, so we try to, to find ways around it, but I just, I have no tolerance for like making people feel like idiots. Like, either when yeah. they walk in or over the phone, like, Oh, you know, you just book it on the fucking website, you know, like, yeah. like have that snotty ass attitude. Yeah. Like I've tried to find ways to be like, Hey man, like we are booked today. Like, and we have, we like weekends are tough. Yeah. But, uh, if you can take a look at, um, you can take a look at our website if you have any questions you can give us a call back but it just makes it easier for you by the way there's no pressure of like waiting on the phone yeah and like, and like being like oh well what about this person i just explained like i have five barbers that are working usually every day yeah so in order to find every day i have to go through every single barber like if you have a, you know like i just explained the process and it's yeah. easier and people usually make it but there's a couple people that like will push your you know like there's people that don't want to put credit cards in and that won't show up that's what, that's exactly. what happened was we were doing walk-ins off the off the cuff all the time, but we were losing tons of money because each of us was losing two to three walk-ins a day when they were saying, "Oh, I'm 20 minutes away. I'll be there at 3:30." Yeah, and then so like we just had to have like that firm like unless it's like a dire situation like you need to do it because there'd be guys that would call and be like, "Hey, I need an appointment for tomorrow at four. I'm like, "Okay, cool." Or we do it over here, and I'm like, "You can do it on the website." Well, I'm driving right now. Yeah, we got that too. That's why we just don't even have a fucking phone because I just. I mean, we do. It's on the deep web. You can find the number. But I just, it's for that, it's that, it's for that reason. It's like people trying to get around, you know, most, most shops that I think we both know, like require a credit card down a book nowadays in Denver. So it's like, they're just trying to get around it. And they're the, you're right. They're the same people that won't show up that will no show you or put in a fake card number or this or that bullshit. So it's like, it's just, I, you know, no disrespect to them, but fuck them. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I don't no, want them. No, well, like, like, go I, somewhere else. I don't give a shit. Like, 
I want people that are going to show up and respect what we do because we respect other people's time. And I think the tone and phone call is so important. It's like, there's a way to be politely stern and professional. The wishy-washy shit, people take advantage of it. When you have a waiver in your voice and it just sounds stupid. It sounds like you don't know what your own shop does. And so to concisely be like, this is our policy. I have had, I think, zero people upset with me being not blunt, but politely and professionally like straightforward with my response, then the uh, the moment that happens, it's like, you guys charge 45 bucks for what? Like you why are you eyeing me right now? You know what I mean? They want professionalism. So yeah. it's like just getting down to the nitty-gritty and just being like, hey, this is how we do things. I've had literally no pushback yeah i think i've had more pushback when i do that uh oh totally because then you can't because then it's like oh there's not there there might be a way and they're like no there's not a fucking way it's not how we do it but they think that they can get that one homie hookup even though you don't even know what they are or it's it's like five minutes late yeah and then it's like 15 and then it's like well why are you 20 minutes late to a 45 minute appointment yeah oh well i was uh Picking up my aunt that you know, like, needed help from like whatever the excuse is. Yeah. I'm just like, dude. I know. We had. I mean, <laughs> it we, just opens the floodgates. <laughs> we've had people like, if for some strange reason there is time for a walk-in, or there was like a cancellation that was like canceled before our cancellation policy, but for some weird reason we didn't have anyone on the wait list and it didn't get booked or whatever like that. Uh, we've had people at first like, oh, uh, do you have time for a walk? It's like. Holy shit, we actually do. It'll, it, you know, it's like 10 minutes, you know, I was just finishing up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm going to go put more money on my meter and then just not show back up. So we like, yeah. and it happened twice actually. And I remember them because I remember just wanting to like just kick the wall so pissed because then someone else came in looking for a walk in and it was like, what? Two? And yeah. we were like, unfortunately, some guy just beat you to it. And, but we waited and waited and waited for the other guy to show up. And by the time it was 20 minutes, we were like, oh, what about that other dude? And like, he wasn't in free market anymore. And we had no idea where he went and we didn't get his info. And I was just like, fuck this. Yeah. So now it sounds kind of crazy to say, but like if someone comes in and they want to walk in, there's, there's for some reason space, I will make them pay for it there. Like ahead of time, like in our system, like not do prepay through the website, but like pay in our system there. If they're going to leave the shop, if yeah. they're going to walk the fuck outside, they're going to smoke a cigarette. If they're yeah. going to go, Walk around, look for a drink or something like that. I'm like, you're paying ahead of time for it. I'm not fucking around. Yeah. And if they're not into that, I'm like, cool. Then don't do it. Yeah. Because too many people just like bounce and just leave us hanging when other people were also trying to get in. And I was like, no. So we just haven't paid before now. Um, or I'm just like, hey, if you want to like hang out in here, it's only 10 minutes. Just like, just kick it here. Yeah. You know? And they're like, oh, that's fine. And then I don't, you know, they don't have to. We don't, we don't, you know, we can make them pay after, but for the most part, it's, I feel like most people are just like, why would you do, th-? like, it seems like very strict. Yeah. I'm like, no, dude. Like, I feel like it just like, if you don't, if you don't do that, and I think that goes back to covering your ass, you just end up paying for it in the long run. Oh yeah. You know, cause then it's like, oh, well you let my cousin be 10 minutes late. And like, that's why I have like a very strict, like if it's 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes, like, it's too much. Yeah. And it's not because it's like a snot nose thing, but like I think I've like let myself get walked on oh, yeah. enough to the point oh, where totally. like now I'm like like you said, fuck that, dude. Like I'm done with that. I mean, especially as an owner. It's like Scott at Tried and True, um, I he's just so nice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like he is so forgiving and kind that I think he just I saw him get I don't say like walked all over, but like people habitually like kind of like fuck his time up. And he would just kind of go with it. And I was like, and I just didn't, I just didn't allow it. I was like, fuck that. I kind of, I kind of took like Alonzo's attitude. He's like, if you're a minute late, tough shit. And I was like, I just, I respect the amount of balls that you, like, you can just be like, nope, you want to get a haircut by me? You show up on time. Yeah. And I just, I, I loved how like Alonzo was never afraid to say that to somebody. Yeah. And I noticed Scott was kind of a little bit more flexible. And then when I owned a shop, then I was like totally passive again. Like, I was pretty strict with people, and then I became really passive. But I think it's like, you're working somewhere else, and you piss somebody off, and they leave you a shitty review or something, and you're like, yeah, fuck it. But when it's your money online, when it's your shop, and it's like your vision, your brand, your everything, 
you just are so worried about reputation that you kind of just like let people walk on you. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's super easy to do too because you're petrified of that fucking shitty review. <laughs> I know, and it's just like it's just yeah, I don't know. I I, I just but I mean, and you know, Brendan like his verbiage is so good. So like he'll there's been times where I'm like just got to vigilantly late. I love coming out the cuttings here since I went to Denver. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been years, but like I just. I, can't, I gotta have my full 45. And he's like, then just tell him you need a full 45 minutes to cut his hair. That's been basically what it was like the last straw for me was, was like, well, you usually finish it before we do hours. Yeah. Just so that we can take our time and, yeah. we can, you know, do what we want. Yeah. And, but that's no excuse for, and we had guys that are like, well, we still have 45 minutes. And I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. No. Like, if I tell you that it's gonna take me an hour to do the job, I want that hour because like, it's something that's like, not like if you like, you know, I can rush it. Yeah. I can't like make a sandwich real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the thing too, especially as an owner, there's been times where somebody's late and if I, and people are going to be like, well, get a fucking phone, Derek. If I knew they were going to be late, I probably wouldn't have had to put my laptop away that I could have finished that. Like I need five minutes to like punch an order. I had five minutes to like pay this invoice or this or that. It's like, I could have done that. If so, not saying like people being late is cool or anything like that. It's not, but I kind of it just cuts into our time in a weird way. Like you said about the sandwich thing, it's like I think people just assume that like you're getting other things done, but you can't because you can't like go from like doing something on your laptop to immediately having scissors in your hand. Like you have to yeah. pull your laptop away. You have to like stow it. You have to like do this store it. You have to do this. You have to do that. It's like it, it's just like it's not how that works. So. People think that like, oh, well, I'm late. I'm sure they're doing something else. It's like, no, I'm waiting for you because I can't do my other job. Yeah, while <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for you, that's just not how this works. I wish it was that convenient because I could get a lot done on those those moments, but I can't. Yeah. And so it's just, it's like, just so infuriating. And I don't know. I Brendan, like I said, he was just like, and I told this guy, I was like, hey, I need the full 45 to cut your hair. And Johnny from City Barbers, I was like, what do you... Um, him and like my good buddy Eric from Chicago came in and we were just kind of like just chatting, which we would have recorded it because there was a lot of really smart things said and me saying a lot of dumb fucking things. But, um, <laughs> I was like, what, how do you guys hand that, handle that at City Barbers? I mean, I think they charge like 70 bucks a haircut and they're like, you know, premium service, premium everything. Yeah. Johnny's a sick shop. And I was like, how do you guys handle it? He's like, well, I just take time off. Like if you're five minutes late, well then you don't get your shampoo. If you're, you're like 10 minutes late. You don't get like your massage at the end. If you're 15 minutes late, you don't get your blow dry style. Like he just kind of is like, you can be late all you want, but you're not going to get your full service that you paid this amount of money for. Sure. I'm like, yeah. And it, you know, he's like, the thing is, people come obviously for a haircut, but it's that full service. So when they don't get that full service and they're paying for the full service, then they never come late again because they're like, well, shit. Like my favorite part is this aspect of the service or this or that. And like, to not get that when I pay that, I'm, you know, I'm going to be on time. Yeah. And I think it's a lot easier than having this conversation where you're like, look, dickhead, I need yeah. you here. And because I hate doing that. Yeah. You don't want to yell at people. No. Well, when, when people try to pull the, the shenanigans with that, and I, I always just say like stuff like, you go to the doctor, right? I mean, me, so, no, but, so <laughs> no, but you know, like when you no, like, go to, yeah. when you go to the dentist or like you make a yeah, yeah, reservation, yeah, 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 like if you get like if you like go to like a freaking nice place to, to like eat, oh, yeah. you know, whether it's pizza, ramen, or anything, totally, I'm gonna be there at eight. You show up at eight fifteen, eight thirty. They gave your table. They away. gave your table away. Yeah, you know, and like unfortunately, they they, 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 they right. yeah, I was gonna say if it's a nice restaurant, you lose out on your deposit or whatever. But yeah. like also, like the doctor doesn't give a shit if you show up three hours late. Yeah, but you're still getting charged a hundred and fifty dollar copay for it. Yeah. Because you missed it. Yeah. And that's like the thing that I was, and I know it sounds like drastic or whatever, but it's like, I don't think so. I think that like that, like being an owner and then being, or being a barber first and then being an owner after that was obviously the right progression. But like, you start to realize like all the shit that you bitched about as a barber, you're like, I don't understand why this isn't done. I don't understand why that's done. And like, how come this fucking guy doesn't do this? Yeah. Like, why is there like, where are we running low on barber side? It's like, because every time that I have to explain this or I have to do something else besides do my job like that all gets put onto one big plate at the end yeah. of the night and then I don't even want to look at that <laughs> seriously so it's like it just it's so frustrating and impossible to like get people to understand like there's always any one task takes like 30 things to get it done yeah. and it's not 
like as simple as just like going on Amazon and just shipping it prime. It's like, no, it's, there's always this person talking to and that person I see here from this person. Of course, that person has talked to like a city clerk and yeah. you know, I don't know how that goes. So it's like, it's just, it's such a fucking nightmare. Well, it's just different, like how you handle stuff as opposed to like just being like. I think it's like pretty easy to be pretty flippant as a barber. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I make all this money and I do this. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like barbers are like that all the time, but like barbers are kind of divas. Yeah. About everything, including ourselves, you know, like oh, yeah. <laughs> certain things. But like, it just is. It is really funny how you like start to like be like, oh well, and you're in like a barber mind. It's like, well, when's this fucking shop gonna open up? Like, yeah. what's the deal? And it's like. Oh, I'll tell you the deal. <laughs> I did that to myself, though, and I think that's what drives yep. myself insane, because I don't ask the polite question. I'm like that. Like, when is this going to get done? Yeah. And if I give myself an excuse, of course, the other me, guys sound like I'm fucking legit crazy, uh, is like, it's not a good enough excuse. Get it fucking done. Like, can't get it fucking done. Like, I have to like deal with this person, and they're not getting back to me. Right. And they're like, tick-tock, like, tick-tock motherfucker, like, yeah, get it done. And I'm just like, having these inner monologues in my head where I'm like, Stop yelling at me! Because yeah. like, there's nothing, again, you can do. And it's just, no. it, it's like the most maddening thing. But uh, congrats on finally opening it. Yeah, congrats on... <laughs> well, not finally. It's, it was very fast. Dude, um, well, uh, I'll tell you what. But you're like fully staffed. Like, everything, like, it sounds like you've just been, like, a thousand miles an hour since day one. It's been a bajillion, but it's been, like, I'd like it. I think that, like, that, I think the reason why Fortune Cat is doing well right now and, like, why Rosemont is doing really well is, like, and, like, I will always put, like, this out there like i'm not any i'm not fucking anybody cool or anything like crazy about You're pretty cool. like I, I i like to think i'm okay cool but like you know you know like it's it's like really the people that you work with yeah and like it's it, it it's it's how things work because yeah. i know people that have like very successful businesses or barbershops that don't really like the people that they work with and they have yeah. a really hard time like getting through their week yeah and and that's understandable because i've been in barbershops where I know that the boss is miserable and yeah. I know that they're barely like clenching on in it. I think that it like the thing that's made it easy is having good staff and people that understand that are like yeah. actually decent people. Yeah. Because, you know, like as much grace as you give as an owner, like it's given back in droves. And I think that's like the important part is like realizing like you're at the like we're all at each other's like we can make or break each other. Yeah, it's a family. And so when you have that like fine line of like where everyone's like, I can fuck with you just enough, but I can also respect you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, heavy it, on the fuck with <laughs> We talked about it like being it's like being a parent earlier and it's it's so true because there's times where like you said, there's buttons are pushed and you're like, These guys don't respect me at all, like blah blah blah. And then at one point someone says something. Like I was joking around because Izzy called me like the best owner to work for best boss or something like that and he said it like half genuinely so i took that as 100 percent genuine you can take, Thanks, just take what you get but <laughs> I, I, I like fuck around i like threw my clippers on my station and just like walked out of the shop i was like it's all i need a boy see ya retire see, yeah <laughs> because it's like it's, it, I, I don't have children but i would assume it's very similar it's like you're i mean i know how i was growing up like i give my parents so much shit and you get you know you as a parent you take so much shit but then the times where you see that kind of like bit of respect or admiration or think, you know, gratefulness or something like that, it makes all of like the other petty shit kind of like wash away. Oh yeah. But, and we were talking about earlier too, other than that, I'm one of those people that like the lows of ownership hit me way harder than the highs. And yeah. I think for me, the highs are always, I don't like to feel them uh-huh. because we talked about something else that happened this past weekend and like I was feeling really high and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude, everything's yeah. gonna be great. And then like right when I'm feeling finally for so so secure and feeling good, then that blew up in my face. And I was yeah. like, fuck. Devo showed up to your party. Right, right. <laughs> it's like it's like you don't want to feel like, oh man, like the good, the high won't last that long. So don't um you know, like expect a low to come. Like you don't want to be like pessimistic like that, but it, it's kind of they're like, there's like a subtle truth to that. And I think me too. I don't want to be like too high and happy about something for too long because then I think that can turn very easily into like arrogance or cockiness. Yeah. And so I'm one of those people I'm from the Midwest. We just work ourselves to the bone and we're always fucking miserable. We hate ourselves. It's just what we do. And <laughs> we're very self-deprecating. <laughs> We're masochists. We're just just fucking psychos. And so, hell yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. 
<laughs> shout out to the Midwest. Shout out to the Midwest. Thanks for making me dysfunctional. Um, but I don't know. It's there's just something about like humility that's just so important to me, and I I think if you try to like push it like too far as far as like holding on to that, like you need to feel the feels and like relish it for a moment. Uh-huh. But I try to like brush that shit off and just be like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Because again, sometimes when your head's in the clouds, you kind of start to lose sight of everything else yeah. or you get a little cocky and arrogant. You think you're top shit and like, that's just not good for anybody. Um, getting a big head, especially as an owner, when you're like supporting other people is like the dumbest shit. And I've yeah. worked for so many people like that, that I would just refuse to do it. But I'm just not one of those people that can shake the lows as easy as some people can. And I like get stuck in the lows. Sure. And that, I, you know, I'm sure Holly could, my girlfriend could easily back that up. And it's, I don't know, I think it's like a personality trait to an extent, you know? Yeah. But like, you have a lot on the line. Like, you put up all this money, you put up all this, you know, it's a vulnerable space. Like, you, you know, this is my idea, this is my vision, this is all of this shit. And like, what if it doesn't not only not do well, but like, you know, we talked about earlier, like supporting, you know, you're supporting all these other guys that work with you and you're like, for their sake, so they can eat and pay rent. I need them to be busy. Just like a lot of pressure, a lot on the line. Yeah. yeah. I mean like that's, that's like, I think we talked about this earlier too. Like, I think like my biggest fear is to like, I like feeling stupid. Yeah. And so like when you are an owner, which is something that I'm very new at. Like you show your ass a lot, <laughs> dude. You're you feel stupid every day. Yeah. And there's moments where you feel really fucking smart. And every time I feel really fucking smart, I hope I'm not shooting myself in the foot and jinxing it. But it's like a lot of times where I feel really smart, have a really great idea. I'm like, man, this is gonna fucking work so well. Sometimes it hasn't. And then again, you have this high of like, oh yeah, this is gonna work out so great. I'm so excited for this. And it doesn't really do well. And then you're like, back to, like, I feel dumber than dumb. You yeah. Know? And it like swings the other way very fast and yeah. abruptly. And it's, so it's. I feel like, I feel like the, the, that's the way that you learn as a barber though. It's like, I think that it's discouraging to get your legs cut out from under you so yeah. often as an owner. But I think as a barber, you're used to it. A little bit, so yeah. I think when you, when, if you take it right, you can learn from something. Oh, and totally. like that's, that's how I've gained like the wisdom or like skill set or whatever it oh, is. Of course. Like, learning people is like, it's like when you like fuck up a haircut and you're like, well, I definitely know not to hit that fucking cowlick with a, with a clipper over comb move or something like yeah, that, yeah. you know, like you remember it. So like, even though it doesn't happen as often, yeah. I feel like you learn from it. And you're like those moments of stupidity or those moments of being like, God, I'm really, really out there right now. You know? <laughs> like, but that's, I mean, like you said, that's how you make, you know, I did, I did a lot with like when we first opened and retail, I still do make these like micro I call them like micro mistakes. Sure. They're like, they're almost purposeful mistakes. Did you go to college? Yeah. Okay. I didn't. So I, you know, three years dropped out. I didn't pay (laughs) a shitload of tuition to go to business school. And even if I did, it wouldn't have taught me this space very well. I just spent a lot of years in the industry and in a lot of different situations, learning from different scenarios and like brought that all with me. But Again, you can't just like pick a concept and go. It's like you create your own and you're like, this might work with this clientele, this demographic and this area and this you know, your geographical location, all these things. But then you kind of, you think that this will work and this concept will work well for you, your team and, you know, clientele. But then I think you get into it and there's things that like you just have to kind of test. Mm-hmm. And so I went in no like so that i wouldn't like hit some low like i knew i was like this can either go one of two ways or maybe like three or four ways and i'm okay with option two and four i really don't want to do option one option three well i'll get this out of it maybe not financially i'll get anything out of it but i'll get out of like i'll get a lot of knowledge out of it sure and i made a ton of those the first year we opened to the point where like it wasn't like financially devastating by any means like again they're micro mistakes they don't like ruin your business yeah now, financially, do they heed a bit of financial progress? Maybe. But again, it's like investing. I didn't pay, I don't have student loans for business school because instead of putting the money there, I kind of put the money in these like little mistakes to learn from on purpose. Uh-huh. And you kind of just like fuck up on purpose. Just not like, not big. No, but it's like, it's, like, it's like dipping your toe in. You know, yeah. like there's just certain things I think that I've taken care of, but like we've like made decisions on where it's like, it's definitely been like, yeah, fuck it, let's try it out. You yeah. know, and like, 
luckily we haven't made any big like really big ones mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that like we're just willy-nilly but i think that like like you said like you kind of have to like mess up yeah and then like you you have to like I'm a professional crow pie eater. <laughs> well, it's like, what's, what's a phrase like nothing venture, nothing game? It's like, you kind of, it's like, dude, you could play it safe forever, but then like, where's the company going to ever go? You know, yeah. it's like, you gotta fucking, you gotta take some risks. You gotta swing the bat. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, if you have a good head on your shoulders, usually good things come out, you know, like, yeah. especially like, you know, with your shop, like, you know, you swung on, on certain things or like certain people's, I'm sure that like, you're like, all right, this is going to be good. But then like, you know, like that's how I've learned with people who I don't want to hire is yeah. through that kind of stuff is like, all right, cool, man. Like, you know, we've had our time and like, that's fine. Yeah. And like in the back of your head or like a situation, you're like, wow, I'm definitely not going to do it that way again. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, this happened very recently. Like, um, bringing somebody on that ended up not really working out perfectly. And I just went about the hiring process like a fucking idiot. Cause everyone else I hired was like a close friend that I knew. Right. right. I knew yeah. their character. I knew, how they can cut hair, I knew everything. And so to go from that to now hiring like quote an outsider, but like a stranger, someone that like wasn't in a friend circle that I've known for a sure. long time was weird. And I just didn't do it. And it wasn't even a hundred percent them. It was on me. Like yeah. I should have looked into certain things. I should have been more strict. I should have been more stern. And I was just way too passive and thought everything would be fine. And it wasn't. And I kept trying to hope that it would just like work itself out and it never really did. And without talking shit or like seeming malicious in any way, it just, it just didn't work. Like yeah. it was very obvious to everybody else. And I kept trying to be like, Oh no, it'll work out. Like believe in him. Yeah. You know, believe in her. You know, and it was, the problem was, I think unfortunately it fell on him. Like it looked a little bad towards him. Like he ended up looking like, if there is a bad guy in that situation, it sure. kind of looked like it was him. But in hindsight, I did not help. Sure. And it was like, I didn't set him up for success the way I should have. Yeah. And like, that was like a piece of humble pie to eat. Yeah. And he's at a great shop now. He's super happy. So I'm super stoked. Yeah. It all ended up working out um, for both parties. But I felt like I dropped the ball. And so now that we hired a couple new guys that are training with us, you know, after talking to Brendan and Debs and, you know, Izzy and Aaron, I was like, okay, we have to do this a totally different way. Yeah. And just kind of came with this new structure. And so far, knock on wood, it's been working really, really well. Yeah. But like, I had to learn how to like interview people. Like who the fuck, like, I know that sounds so stupid of like a thing to be nervous about to people, but like, it's fucking terrifying no, and it's it awkward. Is. And it's, you know, it sounds like one of your newer guys just kind of came in and was like, are you hiring? And it's like hung out at the shop, which is like, a dream come true, right? If someone's like, I'm going to stay in here for free and shadow and just like show you how much I want to work here. Like that's sick. Yeah. It well, always worked like that. Clay was the, so we had, we had guys set up for our work for a full shop. Yeah. But with the delays that, that, that we talked about, yeah. you know, like people had to drop off. People had stuff to do. Like, yeah. you know, like it was right after COVID, yeah. you know, like 